Hello and welcome to Dealer, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, we've taken a hiatus for the last couple of weeks, partly because of that grim loss to West Coast, partly and mainly actually because of a brutal period at work. How are you feeling about the Ds now? Um, you know, I think, I think okay, but a little bit cautious, I think, as we enter into this trade period. So just going back over the past couple of weeks, I mean, we were pretty deflated after that West Coast loss. That mm. was some way of uh, going out in the prelim. It was yeah. pretty spectacularly that bad. That was brutal. It I was mean, shocking. It was honestly one of the worst games I've seen since the Neil era. I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, like not a single tackle for for so many of our key players to get beaten around the ball that way to be down by. Was it no goals to halftime? Yeah, no goals to halftime. Like it from and our forward line, you know, is meant to be one of the most potent in the competition. It was. I've never seen anything like that. That was terrible. It was a truly embarrassing performance. It really was. It really and was. You're right. It was a kneeled era. Lost it really to West was. Coast. Yeah, and if yeah. they hadn't just stopped trying because they were preserving themselves for the following week in the second half, we could have lost by like 120 points. So my question is, what do you take away from that? Was that an aberration, came out of nowhere, West Coast, ultimate premiers were hot? Or is it a sign that we're further away from the top than we think? I kind of think it's a bit of both. So I think we, when, you know, I think achieving a prelim in some ways was a little bit misleading. I think we still, we we are, we lost, we couldn't really beat any top eight teams until the final two games of the year. And when we're against a lot of those top eight teams, except for sort of Geelong, during the year, we got smacked. So I think that it probably was a little bit misleading that we did so well um, in making the prelim. But, you know, I also think that West Coast, are just on their home deck, are just awesome. And yeah. they're older and they're more mature and they have some real weapons and they're just, they're a really great team. Do you think you can make an argument that the teams we beat in the finals were maybe a little bit thinner in kind of talent than totally. some of the other teams, but totally. just are very well coached? Yeah. I mean, Geelong only scraped into the final. They yeah. obviously have a few stars, but a lot of average players. Totally. And barely has a midfield. Completely. And, and Jago Amira didn't play in that, in that right. semi, right? And so I think, yeah, absolutely. I think we weren't paying, playing sort of Collingwood or, you know, these really sort of, these ex- exceptionally talented um, teams with really, really strong midfields, I don't think. But then having said that, I mean, we beat GWS. Yeah. Um, we beat West Coast the previous week. That's true. We had some good wins late in the season. Yeah. It does leave you a little bit confused. Because all year we were saying, you know, can we do it against really good teams? And then we won a couple of finals and we started to think maybe we can. Yeah. But to lose in that way... I think they all probably drank their own bathwater a bit much as well. how could you do that? I don't know. But I do think that they probably got a little bit ahead of themselves because it was... And maybe a bit of stage fright because everybody was thinking this is going to be Melbourne's year to have the fairy tale finish. Right. Mm. Right. Anyway... But I think ultimately, overall, if you assess the season, it was very positive. I mean, I would probably give the, the club an A, an a um, or like a 9 out of 10, really, in terms of what they achieved. I think that's right. I mean, look, a minimum expectation was making the finals, but the fact we won two... It's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good. Totally. Um, and with, with this list and with the age profile, that's a, that's a good outcome. And to lose to West Coast on the road, I mean, look, you know, you would have hoped it would have been a bit better than that than losing in that fashion, but... Yeah, I think if we pinched Premiership this year, it would have been a year or two early. I agree with that. Uh, but we'll do a full season review in a moment. Before that, though, let's talk trade period. Yeah. Because this is where you operate. Oh, I love it. You're like it. the Damien Barrett of this space. No, I'm not really. You're I living just, on Twitter. Yeah, I do. Every I live five on minutes, Twitter. you message or call me with some nonsense rumor that no one's reporting except on your Twitter feed. It's just, yeah. Do you not follow AFL Trade Shatter or AFL Trade Whisperer? The, wish, the Wisp <laughs> hashtag, The Wisp. 
No, you, told, you told me that Travis Collier is coming to Melbourne. Yeah. I haven't seen that anywhere. <laughs> I saw that on a forum or on a, someone's Twitter page. I can't remember <laughs> who. Look, I don't promise to offer people facts on this podcast, Kieran. I just offer people inside scoops and rumors and unsubstantiated um, gossip from the Twitter sphere. Well, okay. Start with the unsubstantiated rumors on Hogan. Yeah. Is he leaving or not? So here's the thing. It's, it's genuinely really, really confusing because... Last night, um, you know, obviously all the talk has been that he's definitely out and that Melbourne are going to try and get two first-round picks for him. And then last night on Channel 7 Perth, Basil Zemplis, your favourite uh, <laughs> commentator, seemed to suggest that Hogan was going to stay. And then the Twitter sphere went rife with rumours that apparently he failed a medical at Frio and uh, they were concerned about Jack his... Jack stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to sell them a lemon, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> we always try and sell lemons. <laughs> and but the lemons about... always get detected. I think <laughs> we need to realise that other clubs do medical exams. I know, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's exactly. a brilliant scheme. Yeah, There's one, exactly. one limitation. It's, it's true. It's just Jack, that Jack Chengrove thing, really. It was very similar to that, wasn't it, with the navicular. Yeah. But anyway, that was the rumour that apparently he failed a medical and... Um, and they were concerned about some stuff to do with his mental health or that type of thing. And, and that was what the rumor said. But now people are seem to be refuting that and saying, no, 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 the trade is still back on. It's still, it's still potentially going to go through. Surely the bigger factor is them getting lob. Right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me if you're Fremantle to say, we've got lob this year, wait for Hogan a year from now. Yeah. And, and just don't try and get sell the farm. Much cheaper. Yeah, totally. Because they don't want it. They're not in a stage where they really should be trading out of their, of the super draft. Right. Just for their own development stage. Exactly, exactly. But, I mean, the truth is, Fremantle needs to give us something pretty bloody good to I make the so deal too. work. I think so too, yeah. So what do you think Hogan is worth? He's got a... The pick five has to be in the mix. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I'd love to say pick five and six. I don't know if his, his performance necessarily justifies that. That's pick five and six in this it's, draft. It's huge. It's, it's huge. huge. And it's getting closer to, like, Judd-level compensation. It's, it's pretty significant. Which, I mean... Look, key forwards are very hard to find. We've taken all the hard work in developing him. He's kicked 53 goals without playing a lot of the season. Totally. So, yeah, it's not like a crazy His thing to ask His potential is limitless, right? right? I mean, that's the reality. At one point, I remember you said to me, you were like, is Jesse going to win a Brownlow? Because at the start of the year, he was playing just so exceptionally well. When he was playing up the ground, he's got an incredible endurance. Like, he is a phenomenal player and a phenomenal talent. He's a phenomenal talent. I mean, there's still questions. Not player, there's, but talent. There's yeah. still question marks, but they're question marks that I think can be overcome. I think so. Even the body language stuff. I mean, Jack Freewald had bad body language, right? Like, yeah. a lot of players have bad body language, but you grow up, you get over it, and you, you know, become a gun player. Exactly. And your body language gets better when you're delivering into the forward line gets better. I mean, which that, I presume it would, right? Well, maybe not at Fremantle, though. No, maybe not a Fremantle, but yeah, I reckon at least pick five, maybe an, maybe a decent young player, or pick five and pick 15, something like that. Something good. Something in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, and then the idea would be we trade that first pick for May. Right. Which is maybe a bit overs. I but, think it's way overs. But I mean, look, he's the club captain. They're desperate to keep him. You do have to overpay a bit sometimes to Are get a player in contract. Are they desperate to keep him though? Are they desperate to keep him? I mean, they've just got no leadership. Yeah. Um, and their backline's already garbage and you take May out. It'd just be a disaster. It's true. But pick five for May in this draft, I don't, it doesn't sit that well with me. So you think if we traded Hogan, we'd just keep the picks? No, there's no way we could do it, really. We'd have to give up pick five. I just don't like the idea of giving up pick five for Stephen May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what we want is five and six and then we can give one of them for May. I just right. think Fremantle wouldn't do that. And why would they? That, that's, that's paying overs, honestly. Unless they got something back from us, but we have nothing to give them. Right. 
right. that's of any significance or use. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, um, so that's the sort of situation there. But do you, do you think the club wants Hogan to leave? It's really, really interesting question because if you watch the sort of commentary over it at the start of the like during the season at the start of the trade period, it was pretty clear before the trade period. It was pretty clear that they didn't want him to leave, and they were trying to. They were sort of begging him to stay. But now I think they almost want him to leave, right? Because I think that they're because we of, care more about May than Hogan. Right now, it seems like that. Yeah. And do you think that May is the linchpin? That's the thing I'm struggling with. I don't know. He seems like a decent player, and he's he's had some you know solid seasons. But we're putting a lot into a player that I don't think he's been all Australian, has he? No, he hasn't. Uh, I mean, it's a huge amount, a huge pick to give for someone. Just, just and especially to give up Hogan in those circumstances, when especially when Josh Money made it clear that there's no way we could get Hogan and get May, we could keep Hogan and get May. Right. Those they're mutually exclusive, really. Um, I also just really think that. You know, I know that we think the Ford line was working pretty well without Hogan, but gosh, Wiedemann is young and yeah. he's prone to having some bad games or prone to having some, you know, quieter games. Tom McDonald, I mean, we love, but ultimately, what if he gets injured or, you know, there's right. lots of, there's still... We're one injury away from a dysfunctional forward. Completely dysfunctional. That's a problem. Completely yeah. dysfunctional. Because I mean, if Wiedemann's a sole forward, I find it very hard to believe that's sustainable. I completely agree. And I really think that, honestly, I mean, if we are going to give up Hogan, I know that we want to sort of find some sort of a key defender, but is it almost better just to go, here's picks five and six, give them to GWS and say, give us Josh Kelly and improve our kicking into the forward line. Oh, and that, make that, that would be amazing. Make that our priority. Yeah. I don't know, because you look at Collingwood, for example, right? Yeah. And they made it to a grand final with a complete makeshift back line. Right. And I'm not saying that... Uh, same as the dogs. Same as the dogs. You know, I mean, maybe we could try and target like the Marcus Adams types. I, I don't yeah. know. But it's just, is there a way we can get someone who's cheaper than May right. um, while continuing to hold on to these picks if Hogan leaves and do something really inspired with them? And I guess the assumption is next year that Lever will be back. Hopefully right. he can get into form earlier than this year. Right. And maybe with him in the mix, Frost and McDonald will look better. Right. And I guess, I mean, the truth is Frost and McDonald held up okay until the grand final. Uh, sorry, the, the preliminary final. And they could potentially do a little bit better with Lever around. Right. And with some natural development. And they're both pretty young. Mm. But I don't know. Part of me still thinks in a grand final you've got, you know, Buddy or you've got Kennedy. Or, no, I know. You just need or to... Or even Jack Rewalt or something like that. Can, no, completely. Can those guys hold up? And even the last with two... No, I, I agree. And the last two premiers are both teams with formidable defences, really. I mean, West Coast's defence is awesome. Right. And Richmond's defence is awesome. Yeah. And they're, you know, made up of pretty talented players in there. What about keeping Hogan and trying him as a defender? Do you think he'd go for that? I just think he'd hate it. I mean, he might hate it, but he could be pretty good. Because, yeah. Because his big weakness over the years has been his kicking for goal. Right. Um, in a way, he's like the opposite of Tom McDonald. His field kicking is amazing. Phenomenal. His kicking for goal is very shoddy. Yeah. If you play him in defense, you'd love to love him to get the ball. And he could really be a big kind of McGovern-style defender, right? Wow, what a hilarious uh, set of events. Hogan becomes our key defender and the McDonald becomes <laughs> a key forward. It's just quite extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is something that they might want to try. I, I mean, look, I have no idea if it would work, but yeah. it, it's worth, worth considering. Perhaps. And, and the truth is, if we don't get made, we might need to do something like that. Just to figure out, just to fix up the defense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of of the view, which is that... You sort of try and get the most talented players available, right? So with this, with pick five, I mean, sure, we could go give it to Stephen May, but I mean, go give it for Stephen May, but 
is he really that talented? Is he really that... Is he a pick five or pick six? Is he a pick... Yeah. That's what I mean, right? So is, aren't we, we should be more concerned about trying to get more talent in the door, I think, as opposed to thinking about positional structures. Right, right. And the kids sound very good this year. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's a tough one. I guess we're both a bit apprehensive about that. Other moves. Proof for Tyson? Yeah, it's a bit depressing, isn't it, that our you know genius uh, Ruzi trade of like <laughs> giving away Josh Kelly for Tyson has now ended up with Tyson being traded for a Ruckman. <laughs> backup who, Ruckman. Backup Ruckman <laughs> who has played like three games in like five years or something. Well, not even that, but... Yeah. You know, it's just, it's quite, it's quite extraordinary what this trade has come to now. You know, the Proust thing concerns me a little bit because what I don't understand is why does he want to come to Melbourne? Why does Tyson want to go to North? Honestly, no. both players well, yeah, don't both really, make sense. Both players don't yeah. really make no, sense. North at is stacked with inside mids. Yeah. We have Max Gorn, who I think yeah. plays better when he's by himself. Right. So what does Proust want? Unless they're worried about Max's body. And they want to give Proust a decent amount of I think of it's time. probably that. Yeah. I think they must. I think that this year has been particularly difficult on Maxi. Right. And I think that he needs some support. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm fine for it as like a needs-based thing. It is a very strange decision though. And then why did we get rid of Spencer then? The whole thing was just very confusing. Why are we getting rid of Ped? I, mean, I, 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 know slam, I know you slam Ped, but if you're assuming Gorn's going to play every week, you're really going to be fine with someone like Ped as the backup Ruckman. But clearly, I don't think they do think Gorn can, can stand up for the whole year. In the ruck. Maybe they just want a better backup ruck than what they currently have. Right, right. Mm. That's also one way of looking at it. That's another way of thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, Kent St Kilda looks like it's done. I'm a bit sad about that. I'm a bit sad too. Also, I don't like this pick 75 business, which is what's on the table at the moment. I mean, you know. Pick 75 for Kent? We gave up pick 66 for Harley Ballick. Are you really going to litigate the difference between 66 and 75? No, but I just think it's a bit sad that Kent is potentially going to be traded for pick 75. He's a good player. And honestly, if he gets his body right, I think he could be very handy. I think he could be a very good player in another club. I'm not not thrilled to lose him because I don't think we've quite nailed down our small forwards. We've got a lot of possibilities and no one's quite grabbed it. But you can't blame him for trying to get a bit more No, definitely no, not. Especially if he gets more security and he's got a young family and that type of thing. Yeah. All right, what about Vanders? That's I mean, another one I'm sad about. I'm sad about that too. But if he wants to leave, it's a family thing. What do you do? I know. He's been through a lot, hasn't he? The poor guy. Yeah. Um, that would be sad. That would hurt us, losing Kenton Vandenberg. Seriously. Suddenly it starts to weaken our yeah. eight-pronged small forward line. Yeah. Exactly. No, no bug either. No we're bug. Just, God, they're all disappearing. They're disappear. all falling. They're dropping like flies. Um... No, but Vanders, Vanders brings some real hardness. He's a great, he, you know, he's an excellent yeah. contested mark. He's, he's a real bull. I mean, I really hope he doesn't leave. That's a real loss. Um, what about KK? There's been a lot of talk, college as needs. Oh, he's see, a good start to his career. I'm really not in favor of trying to recruit Suns rejects. I think yeah. anybody's being told by the Suns to explore their opportunities, given that they're willing to offer Dom Tyson like a 10-year deal, um, I think shows the desperation of the Suns. And but you're big on top five picks with concussion issues. So I do I do like top five <laughs> picks with concussion issues. Yes, that's true. But yeah, that's a good point. I think I think giving a bit of outside run. So I'm right in then. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get him. I don't know. From what I hear, he can't really kick properly either, so I don't think he's solving any of our um, classy user issues. But we do need a bit of outside run, as the West Coast game showed. Right? Totally. We got absolutely burnt on that. But is Kay College Jasney the solution to that? Maybe a little bit. Well, let's talk about Travis Collier. What do we think about <laughs> this random rumor this that random no one has no one has mentioned? It has. You. It has ended. It was. I saw it on Twitter, Kieran, and I will post it on. The deluded fan page so everyone can have a look at these unsubstantiated rumors that I base my um, trade predictions on. 
I'm happy for him to be our next Essendon reject. Yeah. I, I actually honestly We do really well like out of these Essendon yeah. rejects. Yeah. I yeah. like him a lot. I think he's a good player. He's yeah. a good kick on the run. He's like an upgrade on Sam Blees. Sam Blees. Okay, then. Um, Scully, you put this on the agenda. There yeah. is absolutely no way Tom <laughs> Scully is ever coming back to the Melbourne Football Club. Don't you think, though, he would be the perfect fit? He's... I don't care. He destroyed the club. <laughs> he single-handedly destroyed the club. There is no bloody way that anyone from the club is going to allow him back into Gosh's paddock. Oh, you think so? It would be quite funny, though, to watch Hogan out Scully in. It's just like we've <laughs> all just gone complete 360, and the world has just gone completely around in a circle. I think he would complete our midfield. I, I always loved Scully as a player when he was playing for Melbourne. I thought he was an absolute Well, gun. he's a flog, and, and we hate him, and you he, know we hate he's him. He's a flog, but who cares if he's a flog? He's a he gun. He destroyed the club, Kieran. He absolutely single-handedly <laughs> And now he can rebuild he just, the club. He, just, he lied to Jim Steins. <laughs> There is no way that Scully is coming back to Melbourne Football Club, and we're okay. interested in hearing your thoughts. I on think this. I think your view will be the majority. I'm view. pretty sure. I just think be. he's a very good player. There is no way. I would. I don't care. I would rather pursue anyone else except for Tom Scully. You'd honestly, pursue Jasper Pitt. Yeah, honestly, Jasper <laughs> Pitt. Like I know he's going to North now, which is a very strange trade as well. <laughs> what is North doing? What is North doing? They miss out on Gaff and Dugowie, and instead they get Pittard and uh, <laughs> Tyson. <laughs> Tyson, they've lost the plot. They really have. But the point is, is Honestly, I would rather prize Jasper McMillan Pittard from North Melbourne than <laughs> welcome bloody Tom Scully back into the club. Okay, all right. No um, way. Any other trade rumors to go with? Uh, that, no, that I think that's the that's the sort of that's the end of it at the that, moment. That's right. right yeah. Now. Okay. Um, season review, Nitz. So you're comfortable with the season? I think one thing about the season's interesting is we end the season sadly with the same question marks we started with, completely, which is backline. Promising, can they handle the keys? No. Yeah. Midfield, great. Doesn't have enough outside pace, maybe not. And skill, and skill, not. maybe not. Yeah. So we we kind of gone around in a circle, but it's Completely. still been promising because we've done the things we're good at very well. No, hundred percent. I think that you know our contested ball is unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I think Benny Matthews or whoever is the contested ball king at Melbourne right. deserves a raise because. That was incredible what they did all season, really. Fantastic. Oliver's taking this game to another level. Yeah. Viney slotted back in beautifully at the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so many sort of unexpected stars this season. Yeah. Gus, my boy in a helmet. Unbelievable. Third in the Brownlow, if you don't mind. Third in the Brownlow. Then that... sixth in the Best and Fairest. I mean... Unusual combination. That's because Goody has an agenda, but, you know... Do you think Goody's the one with the agenda? Yeah, I think it's Goody. <laughs> Goody's the one with the agenda on this podcast. Look, um, I, I admit, I argued that... At the start of the season, he wasn't in our top eight midfielders. Yeah. Do you, what do you uh, think about that comment? I mean, which I stood by at the time. Um, you said he is not. You said he should not play in the midfield because he's not in the top eight midfielders in the competition. I said he needed to. You earn put it. Alex Neil Bullen <laughs> above Gus in the midfield. You said Alex Neil Bullen would be the unexpected star of the season. I did. Over, you said I he'd be know. top five in the best and fairest. I thought so. But that, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm sure Goodwin would have tried to have put him in top five in the best and fairest if he could have. Um, no, I look. I was. Pleasantly surprised by Gus. He took it his game to a level. He's unbelievable. He's got so much to improve on next year as well. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, Chompers, though. Love we both him. went very hard on Chompers in the preseason, and that's oh. paid off. We've, uh, do you know what? I've loved Chompers since the moment he came to the club. Yeah. I really have. I've just always had a thing for those big teeth. But <laughs> I, it's honestly coming third in the best and fairest. Like, what a player. Yeah. What an unbelievable player. And he's really... I just love the way he's taken that role of being a tagger and just completely owned it, you know, and yeah. it's and used it to accelerate his own game. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing work. And the, the development staff also needs some real kudos for what they've done with Chompers. Right. 
Well, a lot of the development seems to be going pretty well. I mean, you look mm. at Wiedemann. Mm. It took time, mm. but it got to a point where he really looked ready to take on a big fight. Oh, and when he, that Geelong game, he was the best player on the ground, yeah. you know, completely cool, calm, collected in a game that was riddled with a lot of errors, to be honest, and, and a lot of poor kicking. That's got to be the best Melbourne finals performance in 12 years. Yeah. And Wiedemann was the star. I yeah. mean, what? A, what? that's just great development of him as well, isn't it? And great patience and dedication. Um, and just, yeah, and he seems like a lovely guy as well. Yeah. Um, Rowan Bale Award for the year, Neats. Most underrated performer, week in, week out. Who have you got? So this is sort of, I know this is only based on a small sample size, but I have to say Aaron Vandenberg. Yeah. Honestly, the way that he came back into the team, what a player. Just, he's a real Rowan Bale player, isn't no, he? No, he is. Doesn't get the kudos. Great tackle. He tackler. is, but he's a great tackler. He's yeah. a bull. He's just a bull. And some of his sort of acts are just exceptional. The way he just literally goes through like five players. He's an absolute animal. Yeah. And Love I think his disposal is. improved this year. Yeah, I think so too. Because we always knew he was a good contested mark, but his disposal was actually pretty decent. Yeah. For me, my pick is Fritch. Oh, what a shame he missed out on the prelim. Oh, yeah. But yeah, well, that was a questionable decision. But just such a consistent year from him. Yeah. And also playing multiple roles. Yeah. One thing Goodwin did well is switching switching to the back line. And he played it really well. I mean, I still think he looks better in the forward line, but he can do a lot. He's so composed. He's so clean. Totally. I mean, I can't wait for him to go back to the forward line, to be honest. Because I think between him and Milkshake's kicking it into the forward line, that will solve... A lot of our issues, I think, um, assuming we don't, you know, try and push for like some super classy user like Josh Kelly. I think that, um, you know, Fritch will make such a big difference to that. Absolutely. Um, Neats, now for a final segment, which I'm going to call the farewell to Cam Patterson. All yours, babe. (laughs) Now, I want to start by saying, can you name a better player swap for the Melbourne Football Club than Cam Patterson for Jordan Gisbert's? Can you? There's silence here because there is no better player swap. Jordan Gisbets did nothing. Cam Pedersen gave us six years of just gritty, solid, honest performances. But it wasn't just grit, because a lot of people think it's just grit. Cam Pedersen was the Iceman. Look back, Melbourne supporters, at every great win in the last ten years, and you tell me what the same variable was. Cam Pedersen. Maybe not ten years. For example, the Brisbane win, when he kicked the winning goal. The Essendon win, when Salem kicked the winning goal. Who got the first chain in the possession? Cam Pedersen. West Coast win. Tom McDonald kicked five. Who kicked two underrated goals? Cam Pedersen. And he also appeared in our engagement proposal. Stamping himself truly as the greatest bloke. Needs you look excited that we're no longer going to talk about Cam Pedersen on the I just, I'm wondering if, when this is going to end exactly. <laughs> well, I will put this out there. The supporter base, unlike you, who like these I don't know, flighty players, respect Cam Pedersen. So James Masola wrote this article in The Age talking about him and his WhatsApp group. They, their mascot is Cam Pedersen. He is the cult figure. And I hope he gets a role at the club. And we'll miss you, Cam. All right, Neats. <laughs> now that segment's done. Does Goodwin survive next year? Ah, <laughs> uh, Well, that was interesting, Karen. Um, anyway, um, does Goodwin survive next year? Uh, yeah, I think he will. I think they'll give him a contract extension this this summer. Mm. Um, mostly because Ruzi is just been championing it to everyone who, who will bloody listen, hasn't he? Right. 
Um, Bruce is just such a, you know, will do anything to sort of promote his own legacy and his own sort of impact on the club, including promoting Tyson as a trade and um, <laughs> and Simon Goodwin as a successful coach. But I do think that he... I mean, Bruce's legacy is looking pretty good right I now. I mean, it is looking very good right now. And I, yeah, no, absolutely. But I think he will get it. I think he will survive next year because I think that ultimately the team has improved significantly, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that has surprised me the most since... Since Ruzi came on to the, came into the club, and and also um, since Goodwin took over, it's just the linear, steady progression. You know, it's like we really have improved every single year. Every single year, we've improved in terms of number of wins, in terms of percentage. Everything mm. has just gotten progressively better. And I, um, and so you can't really sort of fault that, can you? Definitely not. And I think the thing I loved about the Ruzi era and now the Goodwin era is building a team for finals football. Yeah. I mean, Ruzi was obsessed with contested ball. Yeah. It could get annoying because we had some absolute just garbage kicking and frustrating football, but it was very clear what they were trying to do. Totally. And now we've built that midfield. We still need that class. We still need the key defender, but it's getting close. It's looking pretty good, isn't it? And when it's all on full flight, you can totally see what the game plan has been what, what the sort of cogs that they've been sort of putting together, I suppose, or had in motion yeah. um, since since basically when Ruzi took over. Right, exactly. Um, well, I guess that's it for yeah. season 2018. Uh, thank you very much to our supporters for your support. This year we've had nearly 5,000 listens. So thank really? you for listening along. Yeah. That's a good stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than 200 a week. Um, I'd like to, on a very personal level, thank our social media head, Nita Rao, for no her worries. exceptional posting polls and twitter and Kieran, we're Instagram. like a hipster we're a hipster uh melbourne football club fan base okay like we don't need to be treasure. yeah we're like an undiscovered <laughs> no treasure exactly we're like those bars with no names that people really like <laughs> just because you know <laughs> we're the speakeasy of uh, football yeah podcasts. exactly so this is the thing it's all about being like you know cool and sort of not branding yourself too aggressively that's oh, the sort okay. of strategy behind us. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, um, I'm sure our listeners understand that. Please <laughs> uh, tweet at us and let us know if you understand what our campaign strategy is. <laughs> we'll be back next year. Uh, bigger and better. With married. This, newly married. Newly married. Yeah. Newly married. Um, and yeah, hopeful for another great season. So go D's. Go D's. <laughs>